Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed, the show where you come to discover the best things you never knew existed, and the show where you force us to sit through the worst entertainment. Yeah, that they can find or you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. Or I got your back. With me. Oh, no. Who are you? Who who am I? (laughs) Good question. My name is Koji. I am a, we'll say, part-time birthday boy and full-time Halloween mask enthusiast. Mm. Uh, And with me, as always, is my good friend and graffiti artist, Andrew Patterson. So this episode is the birthday surprise episode. In which, um, because Andrew and I have our birthdays in November. Correct. Uh, we decided as as a gift to one another, he would give me a hidden gem and I would give him a, well, in my eyes, it's a hidden gem, but in most people's eyes, it's probably a, you got to love it. That's a big cult following I discovered when I was doing research. Oh, oh research? After, yeah, Ooh. after. Okay. After I was like, okay, what's the story? I'm very curious. Um, okay, so I think we kind of, Spilt it in the last episode, but we are looking at Jet Grind Radio or Jet Set Radio, depending on where you are from, for the Dreamcast slash Steam Machine slash uh, PlayStation, I believe. It came out on PlayStation, no? No, only Dreamcast. It was Dreamcast exclusive. And PC? And that's it? No, it didn't come out on PC either. Well, you said it's on Steam. Now, yeah. Yeah. Like re- yeah, sorry. Recently, though. Like, it came out in, like, 2000... Right. Like, fucking one or whatever it was you but know wasn't I mean? it like on the like in the playstation store or one of those oh yeah they did launch it yeah that's true they did do a, an hd version that they launched in the playstation store you can't play it for ps4 though it was like a ps3 xbox 360 mm. uh download anyhow find it if you can get it that is our hidden gem for the week and it is kind of a hidden gem. Like a, a lot of video game enthusiasts talk about it, but if you don't really know your video games, it's probably not a game that you would have come across specifically because of the uh, Dreamcast exclusivity. Yeah, and Dreamcast. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of games for Dreamcast like that when you think about it. I feel like the whole system is almost like, it's like the cult system of video gaming. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a number of those, but I feel like it's maybe the biggest one. Um, it's awkward release in the middle of all of these, you know, the PS2 came out, kind of shut it down, but, uh, Space Channel 5, Samba de Amigo, um, like real bass fishing or whatever with the like <laughs> controller, but like for, you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. there was like a lot of like games that... What was the one with the talking fish? You know, like oh, a human man. Head, sea man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. got the microphone add on? Yeah. There's a lot... <laughs> So there's a lot of like kind of weird, quirky games, but yeah. a lot of them were, and like, it was cool because that was a thing that I think it almost feels like Dreamcast was like the last hurrah for that type of gaming. It, it's kind of re- re- experiencing a resurgence now with indie gaming, mm-hmm. but it was like, these were being done by, you know, large developers. And it right. was like, a, you know, it was something that we weren't really, it bridged the gap between, between like the kooky, like Luigi's Mansion type game yeah yeah you know or like weird old games for like excuse me for nintendo and then everything just being first person shooters and sports games it's interesting the screen on the controller uh which i guess nintendo kind of did with wii u but before that like it 
Is it they, did, they didn't really make use of it too much, but when they did, like, for example, when you were playing Madden or something. Yeah. Or whatever the equivalent of Madden was. I don't know if there was a Madden or... If, oh, yeah. Madden goes back to, like, Genesis. Well, no, but I didn't know if it was released on Dreamcast or what, what have you. Oh, yeah. I just remember having a football game and being mm-hmm. able to pick the plays on the screen. Yeah. So the other person couldn't see what you were doing. Yeah. And there's Pretty also, there's also uh, the, like, because it was, like, a little Game Boy kind of. Um, like I remember like skies of Arcadia, there was a game where there's like a little guy who had a little ship. And if you like took the VMU out, you could like play the game as the guy in little ship and get items and stuff. Yeah. And then when you put it back in at a point in the game where you have like a base, you could like get the items in the game that you got in this like little mini game. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Jack Ryan radio. Just a radio. Before we jump into that really quickly, just to, cap off the point you were just talking about i really hope that uh the new nintendo kind of takes note although no it's not gonna be the same though because you're just gonna be able to play the same game while traveling i don't know i'm i kind of like the idea of having like little mini games that affect your save in the in the big anyway yeah jack ryan radio um it is very interesting if you ever wondered what it was like to play like an action adventure version of tony hawk or something along those lines. I feel like that's what this is. That's what it felt like for me anyway. Mm. Uh, I was exceptionally bad at it. A mixture of control scheme and the age of the physical controllers themselves. And probably just my uh, lack of having played those games, those types of games in so long. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure the last Tony Hawk style game I played was probably for, you know, maybe the first one that came out on PS3. If that, like Tony Hawk 3. I don't. I don't know. I stopped playing. To, I switched to Skate because it was superior okay, in so my eyes. I stopped playing before Skate came out. That's whenever crazy. that was. So. Um. Yeah, man. It's good. I like. I. Lo- I. It's. It's like a solid. I recommended it because it's easily one of my favorite games of all time. Even the controller stuff you were talking about, I was experiencing too when I booted it up to check to see if the Dreamcast worked because we played it on. Should be noted, we did not play it on Steam. Or, or an emulator. Or, or an emulator. Or like, I busted out the Dreamcast, fired that baby up, put in the original Dreamcast disc so that Koji could experience it in all of its former glory. So I could hear that sweet Dreamcast, like, fan, mm-hmm. the fan mm-hmm. or whatever, the, the laser or whatever yeah. it is. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, at the time, cell shaded graphics, that was like a brand new thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was like nobody had done that. Uh, the music is like amazing. Like again, thinking, you know, this was like 2000, 2001, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like nobody, even still, like that's why I kind of like games like Mirror's Edge. You know, there's there's certain games that the aesthetic, it's basically what we're talking about, what I was just saying about indie games. You know, like well, nowadays there's so many big budget games that are like big budget movies and it's like, it it's kind of lowest common denominator. They're great games, but they like just feel like, this was just like, okay, let's put sickest soundtrack. Let's get some like original Japanese weird electronic artists, get a couple rappers. Let's get real graffiti artists, like real famous graffiti artists. Let's not just make our own graffiti. And Rob Zombie. And Rob Zombie, Jurassic 5 as well as in there. There's also one, who was the other band that's in there? Fuck. Oh. There's like a rock, another rock band on the soundtrack oh, really? that's like. They don't have stickers though. No. Or graffiti. They don't have only they couldn't afford it. <laughs> um but yeah, I don't know. I just I played like I played the shit out of that it, game. It's man. interesting because it's when I say action adventure, 
the element that strikes me as as not feeling like another one of those you know Tony Hawk type ripoffs is like there are certain objectives that you need to kind of get to and there's guys standing in your way there's people chasing you with guns and knives and like they try it like they pile onto you and like grab you and hold you down you can die too you, oh yeah, yeah yeah there's 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 life uh there's life bar it's it's definitely a different a different type of game especially at the time that it came out i mean yeah. there isn't i can't even think of a game that's like that really because these days if they even make a game like that you know it's just going to be okay pure skateboarding yeah they're not going to be like hey check out this weird sci-fi cel-shaded skateboarding powered jet yeah yeah roller, thing roller where there's like a cat magnetic. with 3d glasses <laughs> you know doing weird shit like yeah then like you said, they're not going to take those chances. Well, maybe in Japan, though, you know, I feel like the import market. I don't know what it's yeah. like now, but there's still weird shit like that. Uh, um, that bear game uh, that everybody goes so crazy about. Remember on game trailers, they were losing their shit about it. Not really, but I'm, I, I'm I, gonna look it up. I'm thinking of the pigeon dating game. Yeah, if you see, recall like, that. they're doing all kinds of weird shit over there all the time. But, but uh, going back to like your Wicked soundtrack, indie game style, although this isn't an indie game, but my recommendation for the week is kind of going to loop back around there because I feel like it uh, kind of has the same sort of aesthetic. Different genre of music, mind you, because Jet Grind Radio or Jet Set Radio is more of a, an electronic type music, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like a weird, it's like a weird, uh, a weird mix. I do like, like that it lets you incorporate your own graffiti though, if you want to. Yeah, get you crazy can go custom. It. Yeah, I'm sure people have like, if you get it for Steam, you can probably there's like the import function probably, or if you had a tablet and you're you know like you yeah. could probably do some pretty cool shit. Um, I can't find it. I can't find it, but it's new anyway. Um, it's hard for me to to. So you played like a Brit, you know, like I tried to set it up for you we loaded up my file where I had already kind of done everything. And instead of saying, Oh, do a new game yeah. and experiencing sort of the story intro and all that, which, which pro in retrospect probably would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, what did you think of like the, what you were playing? Like, it was like, you know what I mean? Like the c control frustrating controller situation kind of aside, was it, it something it, you could see yourself? Like, well, the funny thing about it is what I've like, I've seen videos of it before. I've, I've, ugh, I can't speak. I've obviously heard of it. Mm -hmm. And um, I've obviously also played other games like that. Like we keep talking about Tony Hawk. Mm -hmm. So when you were like, oh, you know, whatever, the control is going to be hard and it's like a weird game. I was like, don't whatever, worry, man. Bro, I got, I got this. this. No problem. And then as soon as I started playing, I was just like, Oh fuck! <laughs> I spent a good ten minutes trying to jump up onto a platform and then grind across this wire, yeah. and I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, I eventually got it at one point. Interestingly enough, I, when I was doing the free skate, I just couldn't do it. But as soon as I was chased by that big guy, I was like, "Whoop!" right up there. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's like one of you know, uh, using Mirror's Edge as, as a current example again. Once you do get the hang of it, or you get the hang of even the sensitivity on that controller. Mm -hmm speed is like a huge factor in that game yeah you need momentum because yeah you need momentum and you're on the clock and you know you get more points but like it gets to a point where at least i remember when i was playing it the first go round, like when it came out yeah and it was all i was playing where like me and my buddies could just 
like yeah, it's like any crush, of those other games. You know? like just you're crush. Like playing just SSX like, or something. You're oh, just like, yeah. You can't be stopped. My friend uh, Tyson, Ty Dunnitz. Shouts. Shouts. Ty. Ty Dunnitz. Shout out Ty. Stoldozer. Uh, was much better than I was. He he really had that shit locked in. But uh, a lot of fun, man. Yeah, no, it's definitely good. And... The one thing that I try and look at when I look at all of these games is context because I think it gets lost on a lot of younger gamers, especially. I mean, you play even Final Fantasy three, which like a lot of people hold up as being like one of the greatest RPGs ever. Mm-hmm. Right. If they played it now, they'd be like, this is like Tales of Symphonia on my on my cell phone or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah OK. OK. But like you have to put it in context. Yeah. You know, and for me, this game it fits in a weird sweet spot because I'm a huge, I, I stood in line to get, I got Dreamcast day one. Mm. So I like, I stood in line to get Dreamcast and just like seeing the loading screen and, and all that other stuff. And you, you had your controller had like the memory card with and without the screen in there, just like two of them kind of brought me back some, uh, some nostalgia. But I think that like at the time, no one was doing anything like this. You know, no, not at all. The, the whole everything for the that only, system is crazy. The only cell shaded game that I could think of that is even um, a, around that time is a game called Thirteen. Yeah, or it's I like remember that X I I I or whatever yeah. for uh, it's a first person shooter it's for GameCube. Cell shaded. I don't know. I had it for for PC, but uh, it could have been for GameCube as well. Hmm. But um, yeah, no one was doing that shit. And now it's like, you look at, like, again, if you took a young gamer and you kind of looked at it, they looked at it, they'd be like, yeah, I've seen this. But like, no. <laughs> you know? The reason yeah. why you've seen this is because, because of, of this, this game. game. Yeah, totally. Right? So, um, definitely a good one. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I'm probably going to leave it in there. One of those games get, get where, up to it. Get up to, uh, as soon as I started playing, I was thinking to myself, like, fuck, I wish I could just fast forward you know, a couple weeks into it. So I could just be like, boom, rail, boom, off the wall. (laughs) So you can kind of like fuck with it a little bit more. And and like the timing even on when you sprang. Yeah. You can, you get to the point where it's like quick enough that the visual can't keep up with like, you're just like, bam. And you're just like, oh man, I'm fucking. Oh yeah. We didn't, we didn't really get to it too much, but aside from the like skateboarding or inline skating and tricks and stuff, you have to like graffiti certain areas and it's kind of like its own little button pressing arrows mini game. Yeah. So just another added element. Yeah. It's like the main part of the story. Like the story, it's like an alternate future in a city, a version of Tokyo called Tokyoto. It kind of reminds me of King City, by the way. It's, yeah, oh yeah. Big time, big time. And it's about uh, a group of uh, ki- kids that get together called the GGs. They start this, uh, which, you know, could be any good guys, whatever. Could be anything. Yeah, they're like a new up and coming graffiti gang. And when the game begins, the story is basically just like they're trying to get their make their mark on a Tokyo Toe. And there's a couple other gangs: Poison Jam, the Love Shockers, the Noise Tanks. Um, and it's sort of like a graffiti uh, turf war. Um, but then you start to discover that there's like a real uh, enemy, which is this corporation called the Golden Rhino Corporation. So when it starts, it just cops. There's like the local police chief uh, is trying to chase you and these like pesky kids out of town. But then like Mm -hmm. there's like the sinister guy that's trying to collect the shattered pieces of this record that when he plays it will summon like the devil. 
Uh, <laughs> it's so wicked though, and it's like, fuck, man, it's crazy. You guys got to You guys got to check it out. The 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 bat the boss battles. Yeah. Oh, there's bosses. Yeah. The bo- oh, well, shit. the last boss is spoiler alert. Just it's too cool. So he gets the pieces of the record. Uh oh. And you're on top of a skyscraper that's a giant turntable. So like you're skating on a moving record, and he's in the center in this like shielded unit. Okay. And he's DJing. He's using the records that he pieced together to try. And the sky's like purple, and there's like a sort of like uh, Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man version of that giant golden rhino like the logo of his corporation and there's other buildings and like debris that you're like jumping off of and grinding on and basically you have to spray various objects like like kind of like lenses part of this robotic apparatus and uh in like old school video game style sort of like oh break these three things and then the shield goes down and when the shield goes down you can like spray him directly Mm -hmm. it's it's amazing it's just so creative like it's just it's it's pretty awesome. I uh yeah. I think that's what video games I mean, I think the rise of the indie game, like you were saying earlier, kind of brings that back. But video games are kind of missing this element. The barrier to entry for video gaming is so high that uh it's hard for people to make interesting titles because they're afraid to it's like it's like the movie industry these days, right? Yeah. E- either the m- movies are being made for five million or like hundred and fifty million. Yeah. You know, there's no one between anymore because the no one wants to take a chance on something that's untested. So I think that's why indie indie gaming as you said is getting so popular and I think that's why PC gaming especially is making a comeback is because it's just a lot easier. The barrier to entry is so much lower. Anyway, speaking of barriers, there that's a really bad segue because there's no barriers, but uh, let's talk about the uh, You Gotta Love It for the Week, which is one of my favorite movies. But again, a lot of people probably would have to try hard to love it unless you're one of the people that likes bad movies. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Now, this is technically one of the Mike Myers series of films. However, he is in this movie not but two two seconds yeah and did you catch the cameo yeah it was on the tv yeah in the bar so i don't even know where to begin i'll just summarize it this movie is about a alcoholic cop who is i guess the hero but not very nice to women for some odd reason uh anyhow he well he, he's kind of a philanderer yeah but like any we, we can get into that in a second but so he somehow catches on to a plot where there is a mask company halloween mask company that is poised to take a uh, a giant takeover of halloween like every kid wants these masks and it turns out that the corporation that is creating the masks or the company that is creating the masks is actually uh run by witches and they have this plan where the tags attached to the masks are going to uh when the commercial special edition commercial that runs on halloween night for the masks airs on television it's going to melt kids heads and turn them into bugs and then those bugs are going to kill their parents is that kind of kind of accurate like 
sort of. Yeah, I mean, like it's yeah. The he you forgot the robot part. <laughs> well, no, that's later. Well, it's kind of yeah, but I like, mean, there are robots. The, in the technology, film. they're like they basically yeah. It's like a druid or a witch, yeah, guy. Yeah. Like the descend, the most the most recent iteration. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he has created this like company. Yeah, it's like a toy company. They used to do like gags and stuff like that, and they've developed these masks. Like fake they also poop stole, and all that type of stuff. Yeah, they also stole a piece of Stonehenge though, and put which, put it in each mask. Put well, yeah, they have yeah. They're yeah. like excavating. Yeah, they they're like they've channeled this power. He's got like an army of robots, and they've developed this technology this sort of like techno technological way of harnessing the energy from Stonehenge. And it's in these little chips that go in the back of these masks that are like full head masks. And uh, yeah, they're just going to z- like basically mummify kids heads. And then I don't know that the intent is that the, but that's what happens, right? When in the, it, te- it, in the test area, in the test area. But it's, I think that's also cause like snakes are coming out and like the snake bites the guy. Yeah. Like, and he's just, he can't get out of the room, but so, I don't know that it's like, like, cause it's not like the, the regular people that have their kids in front of them in their living rooms are not going to be able to just escape from, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I think that was just like the byproduct in that scene was that he got bit by the snake. Right. I, I think that they're just trying to. He sacrifice human beings for yeah. their for their black magic. Now, millions of them, millions of kids. If you were wondering what the name of this corporation is, it is called Silver Shamrock. Silver Shamrock, and you will never forget that name if you watch this movie. You will never, because <laughs> of the ads. for the rest of your life, forget this that name because three more days to Halloween, Halloween, yeah. Halloween. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Silver it's Shamrock. It's still there. Uh, oh, that ad plays over and over and over again in this film. Yeah. Uh, yeah, There, I can't find my notes, to be honest. I did take a couple notes while I was watching it. <clears throat> One thing that was crazy to me is that I guess I went into it expecting it to be uh, more... Sensical? No. No, not that actually. Because okay. I feel like, you know, you know how I feel about most most movies of this this jo- subgenre of this genre to me it's <laughs> like it, that's not really something that needs to to be in there, but mm-hmm. the level, well, the violence level, I guess. So what th- I went this into movie, it thinking, well, hold on, before you get into that. This movie was made seriously. Yeah. It it, it wasn't like, hey, let's let's do like a tongue-in-cheek bad film. No, no, this was serious. Oh, I got it. Yeah, I did. Like I said, I did some reading mm-hmm. on it afterwards because I was kind of confused. But, you know, not knowing that much going into it, knowing that you had mentioned that the uh, sort of famous antagonist is not in this movie. Right. But even still, I was expecting something like that, you know? Like I was expecting a sort of like slasher movie type thing. Yeah, yeah. And I was expecting sort of like graphic violence. But this movie is like, it's like weird because when it, is violent it's extremely violent but like when it's (laughs) it's like so weirdly timed like the for example for like the whole beginning that guy so there's the guy being chased like the girl's dad yeah and you're kind of like oh fuck like he's just gonna get fucked up you know but the way he gets fucked up is like he really gets fucked up like the guy like gouges his eyes and then like put then takes his fingers out and like puts 
grabs like the bridge of the guy's nose through his eye sockets and like pulls his doesn't like pull out like he doesn't rip his it open he just pulls it enough that it's like broken in a weird way yeah and you're like oh shit like what the fuck and then like that homeless guy gets his head just pulled off and i think that those scenes just served to so that you would know that these guys like you're like something's up with these guys right they're like super strong and then you know, early, very early on, I suspected that they were like machines, but like not really understanding why they were machines. <laughs> yeah. um, it's so weird that they have that technology for some reason. Yeah. Well, he explains it a little bit. I think it's sort of like the how he, the, you, the technology they have is how they harness the power from Stonehenge and like the scene where he sees the old woman knitting and then it's just like an old like mechanical robot from like some, you know, right, attraction. Right. And the guy's just like, oh yeah, I just like took the stuff through to its like logical yeah. conclusion. But and then there's the scene where the woman, their neighbor in the motel, is like playing with the chip that's on her carpet, and it right. like misfires through her face. Oh yeah, and like, <laughs> yeah. And and like, you just see this blue laser, and it cuts back to our main characters getting it on. And then when it goes back to her room, it's like horrifying. It's like it like split her face open, or it's like steaming and like peeled open, and like her eyes look like little gross little like. Uh, sort of like red cherry tomatoes or something and right. kind of like groaning and then the bugs start crawling out of her mouth and it was just like it's so sudden and even <laughs> though the movie is like old you know it's like dated and has the like right. it has the like practical effect thing going on and i was just like whoa like that it's, it's i did also, not see that coming i thought that their plan was going to be to turn the like i guess where my head went just from seeing so many trailers and so many other like horror movie ideas since that yeah. movie came out i was expecting that it was like a hostile takeover. Not that they were just wanted to kill a bunch of kids. Like I thought that they were going to turn into like the masks would like shrink to their face and they would like start, you know what I mean? Right, right. Become but that's not what happened. It yeah. just sort of like zapped them and like would just kill them like almost instantly. And uh, it's still like quite gruesome, but it was just kind of like, I was like, oh, this is, this is like, just kind of took a turn. So spoiler alert here. Uh, if you don't want to th- get the movie further spoiled, I would stop listening now. All right. <laughs> so uh, the girl becomes a robot at some point? Yeah. When does that happen? So she gets kidnapped. Yeah, but okay. She gets kidnapped, and I think that's just, uh, I mean, that was also kind of predictable at this right. point. Like, but like, While she's kidnapped, she becomes a robot, I guess, at some point. I think they just killed her and like... Made her a robot? Made her, yeah. Yeah, but there's ample moments before... She reveals herself to be a robot that she I was could that easily have stopped. They escape, and she's acting not robotic, right? But, throughout the entire escape, but even before this, she could easily have just stopped him from foiling the plan. Yeah, it's true. So I don't like. Yeah, the the technology they use to build these robots is flawless. I mean, they look like it's like Westworld style. Yeah, technology, but the the logic in the robots kind of is, is well, hugely flawed. Maybe like. I mean, I'm sure you could find message boards, people just debating the the <laughs> end. But like, I feel like also, oh yeah, it's Inception level ending. People are just talking about it off the hook. Did it? Did, yeah, but like, is the he guy, in a dream or not? But the guy, anyway. the the guy, uh, the like the head guy at the end mm-hmm. when he like foils his plan, right? He just looks up at him and like does a slow clap <laughs> yeah. but then smiles and then he like gets zapped by stonehenge and like disappears right. so it's almost like my thought was like maybe i was just overthinking it or 
trying to justify the fact that she didn't stop him as a robot was that it was like a final fuck you where he's like oh now like you know if they wanted to do to revisit that particular world as another anthology like a sequel to season of the witch where like now that guy is like you know out there in the ether he comes back somehow and like all i could think about was if you strike me down i will become more powerful than you could possibly imagine but one other thing about that robot thing though okay yeah so after she attacks him that was like probably the only you know because for most of it i was like okay yeah like you know ended up being sort of like a cult sort of b horror movie yeah but that was the probably the only time where i was like okay (laughs) come on because like she grabs him car crashes into the tree yeah like you know goes off the road he gets out the music's like doing the thing and then like he goes around to her side of the car and like the arm is on the car door, like the robot arm, and you can see it like moving. Yeah. And then she appears behind him and the music goes up again. He's like, ah, and he's like fighting with her or whatever. And then he like knocks her head off or whatever it is with the like car. Pro- I don't even remember, but, and then you're like, okay. And then it calms down a little bit more. But then the headless body is like coming in. He's like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. And then <laughs> when he finally gets back into his car and he goes to shut the door, he just yeah. like goes in the driver's side and he's like, oh man, I'm tuckered out. And he reaches across to shut the driver's side door and the hand that was on the driver's side door grabs him. And it, it was like four or five. <laughs> thi- and you're just yeah. kind of like, okay, bro, like, like go, like, what are you doing? You know? And uh, at that point, that was like the only point where it felt almost like the people making the movie, like it was a, <laughs> like a joke comical? to them. Yeah, yeah. Like it, they were like, cause like one or once or twice, you know, to get that scare, like you're like, yeah. okay, so he he like dealt with the robot, and then if he got back in the car and shut the door, and the hand like grabbed him, don't they? Ultimately- but it happened so many times, you're just like, whoa. Don't they ultimately? Aren't they like, oh no, the West Coast feed, right? Isn't that the end of the movie? They realize they haven't fully stopped the commercial. There's three channels that it's playing on, yeah, and yeah. he's like calling, and he's just like, you have to stop them, and they like stop two of them, yeah, and then the kid that is in the gas station for whatever reason, the kids ran into the gas station to watch this commercial on TV. They change it once after the first one goes down. The second one was down and they change it a third time and the contr- and it's like still going. And he's like, no, turn it off. And then it just like, that's how the movie ends. And you never find out whether they turned it off in time. Oh yeah. If they remake this movie, I want it to star Josh Brolin. Yeah. Anyway. It's like a big. What did you, what did you think of this whole ordeal? Keep, keep in mm-hmm. mind. Okay. So. Actually, before you give us our, your thoughts, this is how... Talk about the history? <clears throat> this is how I was introduced to it, and then we'll get to the history. So, um, my friends and I, whenever a new Halloween movie would come out, and this started with whatever the newest, quote-unquote, I don't know, remake or reboot of the, the franchise. one? No, no, H2O. Oh, yeah. Not newest, but like after the original five or whatever it was had... Yeah had died down like you know and then they re-released them for uh, we i'll say our generation not re-released they created more movies for our generation so there was h2o resurrection was was to h2o not was like supposed <clears throat> to be like 20 years later it was yeah like yeah. 20 yeah okay and uh what's her name's back in it again um oh Julia you know. Curtis. yeah 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 um uh, anyway so uh, once those, once they announced those, we, me and my friends decided we were going to rent all of them. We would go to, we went to Blockbuster as you did in those days, mm-hmm. rented them all on VHS mm-hmm. and, 
they slept over. We had a marathon. Then we're going to go see the new one the next day. Man, I mean, that was super cool. I remember being able to just like. Yeah. It's the fuck. best. Fuck, man. Uh, so, Stupid nostalgia. So Member berries. We, uh, we watched the first two. Maybe and we're like, oh, this, this, this works. You know, and then we put in the third one. We're like, uh, what? No, this must be like the third in another Halloween <laughs> series. We got the wrong one. Right, and this was before the internet, so you can't look that shit up. Yeah. We're just like, ah, weird, okay. And then we we watched all the rest of them. And when I went back, I'm like, this isn't right. And the guy was like, no, no, yeah, that's the third one. And I was like, what? And it wasn't until years later, until obviously after the internet, that I came to find that, in fact, well, why don't you fill us in? So basically, I get the original idea, or a John Carpenter who produced. Uh, Halloween 3, along with, I can't remember her name right now. It escapes me. I don't know. But I guess one of the original thoughts or plans for the series of movies was that it was going to be a series of anthology films that were just different stories based around Halloween. So, right. but, but Michael Myers was, was, it was so successful. Right. And like I he think was such a, like people liked it so much in the first one and the, then the second one that they were like, which is a direct sequel. Direct sequel. They were like, okay, well, let's let's try to do what we were originally going to do, but it it just bombed. You know, like people did not receive it well at all when it came out, so they just went back to their you know the fourth one. The fourth one's Return of Michael Myers, right? Yeah. Or is it, it's called. I don't know. That's it? what it's called, but it, it that. For, but I th- yeah, it's like Halloween Four. Return of Michael Myers, yeah. something like that. M- Mike's back at it, uh, and so. They didn't do that anymore. But like the, which is the weird thing is that I think that's, I mean, there's obviously f- horror film anthologies now, you know, uh, short film anthologies. Well, like right. most famously the TV shows, right? Like American Horror Story. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I kind of like, it was a cool concept, you know? So like when I heard that that's what this kind of ended up being, this was like the anthology, ver- like it was like a different, right? Um, I can't even remember the director right now. But it was like a different, uh, it was just a different story being told in or around the time of Halloween. Yeah. And, but like, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they, did they not explain that in the, I know that the culture around promoting movies was not as, you know, it didn't permeate the way it does today. Um, but you'd think that they would have, that would have been in the sort of literature around the movie when it came out. You know what I it mean? Might like, have. It, it might have been, but I, I wouldn't have remembered that. No, totally. I just mean like the people who responded so poorly to it, you know, like at the time, like I guess people just really were expecting it'd be like going into, uh, I don't know, going into any sort of series of movies and not and expect it like not doing any research beforehand. And it's something totally unexpected. I could see why people would be upset, but I'm just wondering if they marketed it that way. Like if, if you saw, if you went to the theater and saw a poster for this movie coming in, it was Halloween three season of the witch. Yeah you know, were they clear in the messaging and the poster that like Michael Myers wasn't in it? Because I would think in Halloween one and two, it was very clear. Right. Like the iconic, you know, so anyway, whatever it, it, um, that's kind of the story behind it, or at least kind of in in so far as I sort of looked into it. But what's, what's funny is that like with most film as a medium has been around long enough now. Mm hmm. I mean, not just now, but especially now with the internet and everything being accessible, that things that, you know, my understanding is that this movie completely bombed. And for years, people, it was like this, it was like ostracized. You yeah, know? Like, absolutely. It was like terrible. But now it's like, 
been reevaluated by not just by like cult fans, but by like critics and people now hail it as sort of like a something worth revisiting, not just because it's like kooky, but they're like, oh, like, you know, this uh, there's all sort of like these the themes in it are have to do with sort of like capitalism and corporate, you know, like large uh, evil corporations and sort of like people are reading all this stuff into this film and being like, oh, this is actually so it's like slowly rising in popularity in the series as like a, it almost makes one think that present day they could revisit the anthology idea you know like they like it would be a bankable it would be worthwhile for the the people that are putting the money into it to yeah, like yeah. revisit that concept well i mean also if they want to make more movies starring an alcoholic doctor who has no problems killing people i'm kind of yeah. down with that too that's true yeah and just like li- literally just fucks everything inside yeah oh um, god and so but like that i mean i guess they're just trying to create terror but like some of the you know it's one of those things how, what's the best way to say this because it's going to sound stupid no matter how i say it because obviously this isn't a movie that like is paying attention to these details but just as somebody that likes sci-fi i feel that like the best movies that have to do with robots the robots have like a efficiency always comes into play you know what i mean like they don't typically waste time fucking around mm-hmm. especially if like if the robot's a bad guy or even like terminator you know like quickest way to disable a room full of people fucking smoke grenades you know just like you know right but otherwise it they're just like the t-1000 is just like a fucking killing it doesn't like fuck around for the sake of the audience really you know yeah what I mean? yeah but in this movie it was like the robots would go to great lengths to do things that were sort of like horrifying like when it when it kills the um the the woman that works in the uh in the morgue yeah and it like goes in and like quietly like picks up the power drill and then like you know and then like and and just like slowly then it's like got the thing on the and you're just kind of like what what like before it just was basically walking like the t-1000 and then when it got the guy just like it would like twist off a dude's head which is gross but like it kind of it just made more sense like they were just the quickest way to accomplish right. their mission but then as it went on they got more and more kind of elaborate and like they they're were just like, very sophisticated when it comes to killing everything else very robotic but killing was, they just love it yeah it was so anyway it was uh would you yeah. recommend this film to somebody else did you, know, you did you love it well i did or did you have to no I, I had to love it. It was, you know, you knew that going in. It's not really my style, but it's, it's, uh, but again, it was co- weird. In it context with the rest of the Halloween movies, it's just kind of like, what the yeah. fuck? All right. Little battery mishap there. I ran out of power, but we're back. We're back. Yeah. I, I might recommend it as just like a kind of like a kooky, you know, I know I have lots of friends. They probably have all seen this movie already, but I don't think Daryl's seen it. I've told really? him to see it, but I, um, I don't know if he's seen it yet. Yeah, we've got like a group of, there's like a group of our friends that I know is into this kind of stuff. I would definitely recommend it for that. Because I mean, it's one of those things where I would probably, you know, mm-hmm. this podcast is wearing me down. Like I could definitely get together with a bunch of people, you know, have some beers and enjoy watching. Well, we got to watch D-War soon. Getting closer to that, you know, so to like to car- carving out time to do that type of thing <laughs> instead of just, ha- you know. Um, like I had fun watching uh, Troll Two over at Daryl's that one time. And oh, uh, you watched Troll Two? Yeah. Did you watch Best Worst Movie? No. Oh, that should be an episode. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, pretty soon 
we're gonna do an episode that is the you gotta love it will be troll two, and and the oh. the hidden gem, <laughs> the hidden gem will be best worst movie, because it is a documentary. On the making of Yo, Troll but, 2. Oh, yeah. No, we, we talked a lot about it. I didn't know that's what it was called. There's some weird shit, though, right? Like, one of the guys is actually, like... Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll get into that when we do that episode. We're going to do it. Because I have both those movies. <sighs> uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll actually... We'll do it together. We'll drink beers. And then we'll do it... We'll hopefully be a little bit drunk by the time we record. <laughs> you know? Make yeah, it those little, always go well. Yeah. Those always go well. Anyhow... Uh, on to the recommendations for the week. Uh, I recommend your neighbor stop, stop smoking weed. Well, can you smell weed right now? Oh, yeah. Well, you don't like the smell of weed? I don't smoke weed. It's just distracting me. Oh. It's like, uh, I feel I like I'm going to start hear you. floating away. <laughs> you know, following my nose. Anyway. S- soundproofing isn't great in this in this <laughs> house, so they probably heard that. They Sweet. probably heard every time that I brought it up. But Sweet. You do you... Yeah, nice. no, I'm, I'm, nice. to, I'm nice. totally into it. They're nice. Just he's a nice dude. Pass yeah. that dutchy. <laughs> uh, anyway, my recommendation for the week is a video game recommended to me by none other than Thomas Tulin. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, called Life is Strange. Now, it kind of ties back into the people don't really make games exactly in this manner very much and it has an amazing soundtrack to me it's a mix between uh a telltale game and one of those uh point and click adventures from back in the day you know like day of the tentacle oh yeah or fucking uh, escape from monkey island full throttle etc uh, what was the the night one quest king's, for glory king's, king's quest oh king's quest yeah and quest for glory and all the rest of those in this game, you are a uh, high school-aged lady who witnesses a murder and then immediately after witnessing the murder, wakes up in the classroom they were just in, except everything is playing out exactly as it did the first time. So you start off in a classroom, the teacher asks you a bunch of questions you don't know the answer to, and you kind of get reamed out for not doing your homework. And then after class, you make your way to the bathroom. And in the bathroom, you witness somebody being shot. And then you kind of reach out and you're like, no! And then you wake up in the classroom. And you come to find out that everything's the same. So when the teacher asks you the questions, you get them right. Uh, And then she's like, wait, did I just dream all that? Or like, what happens? So she reaches out her hand again and then finds that she can rewind time, you know, maybe like five or ten minutes at a time. And using this ability, uh, you kind of play through the game to figure out little puzzles. So, for example, there's a point in the game where you're collecting bottles. And one of them is on a really high perch. So, you go and you try and grab it and it falls over and breaks. And you're like, fuck. So, you, you rewind. And then when you rewind, there's an option for you to pull a chair over so you can climb up and get it. Where that option wouldn't have been there before because, you know, you just... Didn't think of it. You, yeah, you would have just kind of grabbed for it. And there's other little things like uh, a similar sort of option where you're trying to cut, ca- you're trying to, um, I don't know, let's just say pull something off a shelf again and it kind of falls in between two, um, you know, like a crack and then, then it's like lost forever. So you kind of rewind and y- you can fill Put in the gap there. so yeah. that, y- you know, it doesn't fall in there. You kind of get it. 
or dialogue options. Because this game is like a Telltale game, very big on choice. Mm. And there's it, it makes it fairly obvious when your actions will have major consequences on the story. Mm-hmm. And you generally choose between one or two sort of story arcs. It's chapter-based. Yeah. yeah. So one of the examples uh, that I'll give is at one point you're at a friend's house hiding in the closet. And her dad busts in and is like, you know, I thought I told you not to smoke weed in this house, blah, blah, blah. And you have the option to either bust out and say, hey, that was my weed. Or you kind of just stay in there hiding. And then each will have different consequences in the story. Affect, That's effect. Af- yeah, affect the character's dispositions towards you because her dad is a main character. Like the friend's dad is a main character. The friend is a main character. All these things kind of happen. And there's other little... The reason why I really latched onto this game is there's other little things. Whenever there's a decision, a major decision that has consequences, you'll see butterflies flying around the screen and it'll give you a choice, one of two things. Hmm. But every once in a while, you'll do something like I was in my my dorm room because in this year like at a boarding school or something you're in a dorm room and i watered my plant and then all of a sudden in the top corner there's like a a a little butterfly and it's like this will have consequences and but like it's little things that you would never think of to do because like that watering a plant i just was kind of like we were talking earlier the completionist in me was like okay let me see let me walk around this room four times just to see if there's literally anything i can interact (laughs) with and on the third time i found this bottle of water I was like, oh, weird. And then I use it on the plan and I was like, oh, I see. So there's little things that like, I don't know how it's going to affect the storyline at the end of the game or like what it'll do. It's pretty cool. Is there an overall arc to the game that is like, because other than that, you, you know, you opened it by saying that the game opens with you witnessing a murder, but like, does the game have like a, a larger overarching story that has like weight to it or is it kind of more like just small no like, no relationships? yeah there, there's there's an arc to it so the the murder is just the sort of catalyst for the, the, the arc yeah. for for chapter one kind of mm. it that's what yeah kind of learn gets you to learn your powers but when you initially fall asleep in class what you actually you you find yourself at this lighthouse and there's a giant tornado engulfing the town basically destroying everything like mm. huge cataclysmic, not not like a tornado, even not not like a a bad tornado that you would see on the news, like to the point where it's like the size of the entire town, just okay. destroying everything, and you you like have no idea what's going on. And I've only played through a couple chapters, but throughout the first chapter, you when you realize your powers are real, then you start to realize like, wait, this dream is more than just a dream. Mm-hmm. And cool. at one point, you pick up a newspaper in the storm, and it's like six days from now. So you kind of have to figure that whole overarching thing mm. six days later. But you also kind of are dealing with a bunch of characters. So there's, there's like a mean girl. There's like a guy who's, you know, really friendly with you, but like clearly wants to try and date you or whatever. There's like a, a strange best friend that you've recently become back into contact with and all the other sort of school politics that you have kind of have to deal with. Mm. And there's times when you can use the rewind ability uh, for things that you wouldn't think you would need to use them for. Okay. So there's it's like a po- about time. Remember that when we watched that movie for the podcast? It yeah. Was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it It's very much kind of in that vein where uh, at one point I'm like snooping through somebody's house and I look at a file and I drop uh, a glass of water on it. And you might think to yourself like, oh, it's obvious. But at that point it wasn't 
that obvious that I, I should rewind. And the way that it plays out, like you can leave subtle clues that you've changed things and then people will pick up on it. Or if you're really uh, kind of on top of the whole rewinding thing, people won't know that you're there. So you kind of have to like figure out when the best time to do it is. Because again, you can only go back uh, in short spurts. So if you've gone too far and you realize like, oh fuck, that thing that I did like 10 minutes ago has consequences now, but like I, it's too late for me to rewind it. So... You just kind of fina- there's some finality there. Yeah. Anyway, cool. good game. Um, I was gonna. Re- I'm just gonna re- quickly recommend two things because while you were talking you about that, son it made of a me, bitch. Well, I, we're, I, the, yeah. I was gonna recommend music, but then you were talking about this game, and it made mm-hmm. me think of something else that I was like, oh, I want to recommend that. Okay. And then I'll just quickly recommend the music so we can end with the song. Uh, Take shelter. The movie Take Shelter. Have you seen that movie? No. Oh fuck, bro. Oh man. Okay, I'm glad I'm recommending it. You've never seen Take Shelter? Okay. No. Uh, so when you're talking about the tornado yeah. engulfing the town in this vision, Take Shelter, uh, the director is Jeff Nichols, who also did Mud, I believe, oh, and sweet. more recently Midnight Special, which I really want to see but have not seen. Mm-hmm. Kind of uses Michael Shannon and all of his, it's kind of like, you know, directors. Yeah. I was listening their, to have their, uh, Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, they have their sort of, the, the actors they like to work with. Um, it's a great movie. It's basically about a guy who, um, his family has a history of, uh, schizophrenia, okay. paranoid schizophrenia. And he, uh, and they kind of touch on that briefly. Like his mother is basically in the throes of it. Um, I can't even remember where it takes place. It's like, you know, mid the Midwest or something. Sure. The Midwest United States very rural area, but he starts having these visions of uh, basically the end of the world or like signs that the end of the world is coming. Um, And he starts kind of acting out a little bit and he doesn't know whether the visions are real or not, like whether he's just dreaming, whether he's developing like early onset symptoms of the, of schizophrenia. Um, his wife is played by Jessica Chastain and they have a daughter or a son um, who is uh, deaf, I believe. Okay. That does play into the story. But basically, uh, the reason it's called Take Shelter is because he decides he's going to b- build kind of in like a Noah's Ark kind of way. He's going to build them a storm shelter because sure. the storm is coming. And uh, as the movie progresses, everybody... It's just like a, it's done in such a real way. You know what I mean? Like it's like people are, are reacting the way people would actually react to somebody behaving this way. Right. Especially in a small town. So he's kind of ostracized. People, He's trying to warn people. He's like, no, like this feels real. But it's written and acted in such a way where because of his family history yeah. and because of just the world it's in, like you don't even know if you believe him. Right. And uh, I mean, that's well, those all, are my favorite kinds of movies. That's all I'll say about the movie, but it's amazing. It, he and some, may be mentally divergent. Some of the yeah, and yeah. some some of the visions though are like there's like creepy stuff, but a lot of it has to do with storms. Like yeah. like he'll uh, very early on. There's a memorable scene. It was in the trailer as well, where um, his uh, I think it's his brother. His brother or his best friend is played by uh, fuck. What's the guy's name? He's Eli in Boardwalk Empire. Yep. He's also in, this guy uses him a lot in his films. Um, and they're like working, they're out working. They 
do some sort of physical labor. I can't remember what it is. Um, they prepare, they're like construction workers. They prepare sites for like homes to be built or something. And uh, he hears thunder. Michael Shannon hears like thunder. And he's just like, oh, did you hear that? And like his buddy's just like, no, what are you talking about? And he's like, I think we should like pack up for the day, you know? And it's right. just like clear blue sky, like no, not a cloud in sight. And the guy's just like, you like, are you feeling okay? Like it's, you know, it's fine. So there's like this weird constant. It's not just like dreaming at night. Like right. he has, he's experiencing things. Anyway, amazing film. It's very, very good. I think it's even on Netflix. So check it out. And then my other really quick uh, recommendation for music is um, the new Tribe Called Quest record. Um, we'll take it from here. Thank you for your service. Amazing. I don't know if you ever listened to Tribe back in the day other than like their main hits, but uh, it's been years and years since they've released an album. They kind of fell, grew apart, we'll say. There was a documentary called Beats, Rhymes, and Life about sort of the formation of Tribe and then sort of how they kind of grew apart and broke up. And then earlier this year, Fife Dog uh, passed away. Yeah. Uh, died complications, I guess, related to, to diabetes, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, they basically announced shortly after his death, uh, Q-Tip and the other members of Tribe Called Quest, um, that they had actually gone back in touch and sort of like patched things up and were hanging out again and that yeah. they had recorded like a whole record like um and it's now coming out that Fife Dog actually recorded his own record as well and so they just released it so it's like a full Tribe Called Quest album it's not like they just edited it after they actually recorded songs together so you're hearing like the original lineup um and it's fucking great like even like Jerobi comes back and Jerobi was really only rapping on one album of like their career, but like it's like the full group and all of the the other rappers that they kind of came up with in the native tongues, like Buster Rhymes is on there. Consequent, like it's 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 pretty amazing. So uh, yeah, maybe we can cue up a song off that. Um, they performed recently on uh, SNL, SNL, and they had the like banner Fife Dog, and it was is pretty awesome. There's a lot of as usual a lot of political. Um, politically charged tracks mm -hmm. um but yeah this my favorite song on the album right now is dis dis generation so maybe we can get that but anyway all right are we gonna what are we doing next time next Let time people know. we are taking a look at so this is a world themed podcast in which we look at the hidden gem in a world in a world and the you gotta love it Westworld, not the TV show, yeah, but the original 1973 Westworld 72, film, 72 or 73. James Brolin, and yeah, who's the man in the black hat again? Oh, I can't remember. Ah, uh, well, oh, Yul Brenner, yeah, Yul yeah. Brenner, woo, good villain. I thought you meant the guy, the other guy with the mustache. No, oh, fucking weirdo, that dude. Anyways, we'll get into, <laughs> we'll get into that one. All right, until next week, guys, keep loving it. Box with a capital G, ball in the beat. Status Chris Paul or John Wall in the league. Grab a mic till the knuckles will bleed. Cause I believe the potent and I'm potent. Have you geek like speed? If rationale is natural, I will weave. It's all edges and peace. Set and press me on a permanent speed. I'm in the world where my princess is player. And she feel I'm a Vader. And my lore grows greater and greater. Tim trails drop poison his vapes. Have you shaking like Gator. Been chill, nigga. Process to data. Blu ray wave, follow a beta. I DVR through later. Copper Massa with a G to my waiter. You can't. 
can't define us X, Y, Z, Z It's a generational elitist Happy cheating virtual think pieces See these written words from medical science Brains defiant Thoughts heavy, baby They're a major appliance Leave a tad when dropping to flyness Do a giant Dude's nice He tight screwed in with some pliers Cool with some buyers Yeah, nigga, cool with some growers Never know tattletales Only I don't know us Yeah, show me generation Show us what you gon' show us So listen, mommy See, we could collude with a boy Mouthpiece like coins With a jubilant noise Dude's rude and his useless is coins Shoot them boys Versed and rehearsed in the soothing the loins Talk to Joey Earl, Kendrick, Cole Gatekeepers afloat They are extensions of instinctual soul It's the highest of commodity grade And you can get it today Telly is low, cuddle bunny ready to go. Day of the dead, bury all the zombies instead. And it's just your aftermath, bust the cut and get dreads. Will Spree and niggas, ride your niggas, UFC. Smoke tree on niggas, sizzle out your USB. Surge pricing on these movers, I'ma give me a cash. Yeah, where'd you roll be at? Arriving on impeccable grass, I'll be in my seat, waiting for that law to pass. Cash it, been waiting for a Ted's title since last. The Chitar Todd Bowles, gangrene on that ass. Magic Mike on the mic, David Blaine Douglas, Henny. In the church of Buster Browns, it's my sermon, you get it. Horizontal spitting, I'm the exorcist of your witness. Don't get too rummy, nigga. Sorry, that's a sin unforgiving. Like how we be skipping on bees like cooking crack in the kitchen. Uh, wait, just start the pack and dry it back up the wet. This mad city's not a game. Easy, quiet, on set. Fire student of the past, trailblazing the day. Not acknowledging a trainer swept up in a phase. You still the highest of commodity grades. And you can get it, get it, get it, get it, get it today. Thank you. 